Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, my name's Adam from Toronto, Ontario. And I subscribe to the Creative Control Patreon because I feel that uh, at the end of the day, uh, there are very few people in the industry who are able to consistently get the kind of quality interviews out of very diverse subjects of many creative stripes and disciplines, as Vish does pretty well on every episode of the podcast. It's a no-brainer to me that I want to support this when you factor that in to uh, all of the bonus content you get on Patreon and you know, it's a listener-supported podcast, so uh, I want to keep the uh, great content coming. So that's why you should also support Creative Control on Patreon. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash Control today. This episode of Long Night with Vish Khanna was recorded before a live studio audience as part of the Long Winter Festival on Saturday, January 11th, 2020. Good job. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Long Night. Thank you for being here. Uh, it's nice to be here. Obviously, some 
odd circumstances. I'm beaming in from Edmonton. It's uh, nice to be with you. Can everybody hear me and see me okay? We're going to say yes. Oh, my family. How about a hand for my family? Oh my gosh, okay. Maybe ask them, maybe ask her mother to bring her with her. I was not, ex- Ramona, you gotta go. I gotta do the show now. Please, please, we can talk about this later. Let's introduce our first guest. She's already on stage. As you heard, she's a piano virtuoso. I'm very pleased she could be here. How about a nice warm round of applause? Where's my sign? I lost my sign. For Robin Hatch, please make some noise for Robin. Hi, Robin. How you doing? Good. Nice to see you, Vish. Nice to see you. How are things going in Toronto? Good. I feel like you're up to speed on most of what's going on. I see you on Twitter every day. You yeah. see me. I, I hope you haven't muted me on Twitter. Yes. No, yeah. it's not. Sorry. I'm sorry. This is really becoming a problem. Can someone... What? It's I, like I that, know, BBC, not... uh, that BBC video. Yes. You've seen yes, that. this is yeah. exactly exactly. Yeah. I actually was thinking that would be a good bit, and now it's actually coming true. Ramona, I, I have to talk to the people on the show. You have to leave, please. No, okay, you can stay here. Do I? Do you have a question for Robin? Okay, do you want to just listen? Okay, sorry about this. Okay, so anyway, Robin, uh, it's nice to see you there. Uh, so uh, uh, first of all, uh, how's it going? Did I already ask you that? Yep. Everything's going well? It's good, yeah. <laughs> okay, good, good. Now, where I actually don't know this about you, Robin. I think one of the last times, and maybe the only times, I've ever interviewed you was a similar format. You were in the band Sheezer? Yeah. And we did a group Skype chat. I, I remember. I was hoping you'd remember as well. I was going to mention it. Now, why were you going to mention it? Um, because... We're also speaking over a computer this time. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. You remember. <laughs> that's, that's fair to say. Okay. So, uh, but what I don't really know about you is like, I don't actually know your whole background. I think of you as kind of an indie rock person. Uh, where, where are you actually from? I grew up in Oakville. <laughs> yeah. Just- and I went to school at U of T um, for English. Um, Are you- people cheering your English degree? Yeah. Who all, who all here? <laughs> <laughs> They're not cheering Oakville, though. I'm so... Why? <laughs> Just well, kidding. <laughs> so Oakville's, a, Oakville's like a suburb of Toronto. It's kind of near Brampton, right? Uh, yeah, it's like kind of ha- halfway between Hamilton and Toronto. Right, okay. And did you like that? It's... Yeah, uh, yeah, it's fine. I like Toronto. Right. You could get there pretty good. Was there any, like... Like, did you have access to music stuff in Oakville? Were people coming to play? Uh... I think there's there's one or two venues. There's there's not a big music scene uh, in Oakville beyond you know choirs and community theater. Okay, were you immersed in that stuff? Maybe, yeah. I, I did do that growing up. <laughs> <laughs> you say maybe you're guarded. You don't want to maybe cop to it. Was there a video of you performing as a child or something I circulating? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I was trying okay. to hold back, but that's my truth is inquires and community theater. Okay. And so is that how you kind of got interested in music? Uh, no. When I was five, uh, I had a Montessori teacher that noticed I had perfect pitch and uh, got me into music lessons kind of through telling my parents that I studied classical <laughs> till I finished my Royal Conservatory grades in, in the middle of high school. Okay. This perfect pitch business is always interesting to me. Where can I buy myself perfect pitch? Is that possible? 
I think like the studies say that it helps if you're in music early on. Like you can kind of get pretty close to it later on, but it helps to learn it more in your, you know, under 10 years. Right. You, okay. So, okay. So you kind of, you're not saying you're born with perfect pitch, but you might be. Yeah. So I have, <laughs> I have absolute pitch. So that's like, you can, without a reference note, say what an E or C is. Um, but perfect pitch is you can hear an E and label it as such. Um, so I think it's, I mean, I don't know. I'm fine to get technical. <laughs> I just, I don't know what you made of our theme song. Did that seem like it was a bit pitchy? No, it sounded great because the, okay. the spirit was there. The spirit was there, right? That's what matters because I think of you uh, as this sort of indie rock person on some level. That's how we first met. Uh, as I mentioned, Sheezer. What other bands have you played in? Uh, I was in Our Lady Peace for five years, that famous indie band. And uh, then I was in Rural Alberta Advantage for two years. Um, right. And then... A slew of other... I was playing in Whitehorse up until... I guess... I think I still have that gig. I'm still playing with Whitehorse. And uh, I was playing with Isquay last fall as well. Do you want to take a second and just get Whitehorse on the phone to make sure you're still in the band? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I went on the Isquay tour, so it's up in the air. But I, I think we're on good terms. Okay. I also play with Taylor Knox. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So you you... You're a session player? Like, you play with everyone? Yeah, like a hired gun, kind of. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, I guess what I'm getting at here is I think of you as someone who's playing kind of in the rock music realm, but then this last year, and, and over the last couple of years, from following you on social media, I learned more about your classical piano background and classical music background um, what kind of brought you to the point where you brought that back or were more public with that? Or was I just sleeping on you a little bit? Have you always been in the, you know, doing your classical stuff? I think when I stopped playing with Rural Alberta Advantage, I've always kind of had classical in my back pocket, but it was sort of uh, my therapist was heavily encouraging me to apply to music residencies, just kind of to give it a shot and see if I could get in somewhere. And um, I procrastinate a lot. So kind of I applied to the Banff Center or I knew I wanted to apply with something. And the thing I could do fastest was just book uh, grand piano practice time and record a bunch of memo voice memos on my iPhone. And I sent those in and then they got back and said, yeah, great. You've been accepted for this residency. So then... I worked backwards, transcribed the voice memos, um, and those are on the first piano album I put out, as well as I finished recording a piano album there. That's really interesting. Can you, I don't want to get too personal, but why would your therapist end up being your manager on some <laughs> level? Like, why was it your, I, I kind of think I know where you might be coming from with this, but... Can you speak on that? Why did your therapist, why was it your therapist who motivated you to actually explore your true passion? Um, I think when you study classically, there's a point, it's, it's similar to maybe uh, dancers who decide that they're not going to pursue being in the national ballet or what, whatever it 
it's called. So if you're not a prodigy who's going to be touring the world as a concert pianist, it's sort of like you should give up when you're 18. Um, and then, yeah. so I think that also um, instructors are really strict. So, and a lot of times they haven't been successful concert pianists themselves. So I think sometimes it does take a an external source to say, yeah, no, you should do this. It, you don't need to be... Uh, Vladimir Horowitz to put out a piano album. I think Chili Gonzalez was a good inspiration for getting back into piano as well. Okay, so it's interesting. You've you've been on a kind of a an interesting trajectory of kind of finding yourself in music. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, am I? I texted you about this, or I tweeted you somehow. I don't know. We were talking about this. I think yesterday when I was taking the, you know, I take the bus now. I take the city bus in Edmonton every day. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Isn't that interesting? But anyway, I, I, don't, I never used to take the city bus because I used to walk or drive, but everyone, you, you need to take the bus. Anyway, I was on the bus and I thought of you. That's where I was coming from. I was listening to your music and I was thinking of you. So I was like, did you release three albums last year? And you said... Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> why, how and why would you have released three albums in one year? That is an, that's very prolific. Uh, so I did that first residency, right? That was at the end of 2018. And yeah. I got kind of, I think I'm chasing the dragon now. I want more residencies. So uh, <laughs> I've been trying to, I'd also like to get into composing. So I figured the next best step would be to do something synthesizer based um, to sort of build a resume as a composer and say, I can right. do this on piano, this on synthesizers. So um, one of my bandmates in Taylor Knox's band, Liam Yeager, has a really, he's a great producer, um, and he also uh, has in his possession the second Roland Jupiter that was ever produced. Wow. Which is, yeah, it's an incredible synth, and it's in perfect condition. Um, so we booked a week off, and I went over and just kind of free jammed synthesizer music and that was the second album just sort of first thought best thought put it out there and then the third album was trying to write more piano music but in the headspace of writing in my parents basement versus writing in the mountains of Banff and just seeing right. if I could still do it I'm in my parents-in-law's basement right now nice how does it feel <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay I don't know if I'm really making anything of myself right now but this feels uh, I'll level with you, Robin. Uh, is this weird? Is this a weird thing that we're doing? No, it's... I like it. Is it okay? Like, is it... You can hear me okay? You can see me? Yeah. Do you, do, do you prefer interacting with me virtually as opposed to in real life? I like it exactly the same. Sophie's I'm choice. I'm gonna assume... I'm gonna assume that pause was an internet lag. <laughs> When you were trying to figure out what the way no, I was remembering. Uh, I played in Vicious cover band two summers ago, and uh, the last time I saw you, we played what was it a cover without me by Eminem, and Vich sang it. Yes. Uh, so I thought that was really fun, and I think this is really fun too. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, all right. Well, I appreciate you being on the show. What's coming up next for you? Uh, I'm playing on January 30th at the Garrison 
Bolur is putting out a new album, and uh, Raphael Weinroth-Brown is also playing, and I'm going to the NAMM show um, next week to because I'm a brand ambassador um, for a microtonal MIDI controller called the Lumitone. Of course you are. Of course that's what you are. That is, I, I'm surprised you remembered all of that. That was amazing. That, okay, good. Good for you. I feel like you're doing probably better than you've ever done. Is that, like, I don't know what that means, but you seem fulfilled. Things are working out. I hope so, yeah. That's, when you put it that way, it feels good. Okay, good. And the music's great. Uh, where can people go to learn more about you on the uh, internet and, and to find your music? Um, so I'm Robin Hatch on Twitter. That's with Robin with an I, robinhatch.com, my band camp, Robin Hatch. And Robin Hatch on Instagram, two underscores, still working on how to get that uh, consistent branding across all platforms. Was that a typo? Why do you have two underscores? That seems like overkill. There's really one, underscoring things. There's one other Robin Hatch. I've, we've known e- about each other for, you know, since MySpace and he got the one underscore, and then uh, there's a lady in the States, Robin Hatch, and she like does a lot of charity work, and she's very sweet, and she has the one with no underscores. So I'm, I don't want to ask. I feel like it's so rude. <laughs> sure, sure. Is, may I ask? I, I don't know this to be... I don't know what the answer is going to be. Is Robin Hatch your actual real name? Yeah, I think, I think my dad... It was an early troll from my father. <laughs> so we've got the last name Hatch. We might as well name our child after a bird. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, it, it suits you, if I might say. It, you're you're a, a, a musician flying free, flying free into the sky. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Robin, thank you. And you're going to come back. We're going to have a panel at the end of the show where I ask the audience to pick the topic, uh, and I'll do that. I I might as well say this now. If you're seeing me and hearing me, please think of a topic towards the end of the show when we have a panel with all the guests. And Robin, you'll join us again for that? Yes. Okay, thank you so much. How about a big warm round of applause for Robin Hatch, everybody? We're going to take a quick break, and then Ian Daniel Kehoe will be joining me. Stick around. Make some more noise for Robin Hatch. This episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero, the finest pizzeria in all of Guelph. Isn't that right, sir? Oh, of course it is. I love it so much I can hardly stop eating it. Yeah, you love Pizza Trocadero a lot, don't you? Yeah, I do. Is it your favorite pizza place in Guelph? Of course it is. There's no other place you like better? Uh, I like Pizza Trocadero the best. Are you sure? Yes, I am. I feel like you're not being honest with me. I'm honest. Anyway, Pizza Trocadero is great. You can learn more about them at trocaderoguelph.ca. You can call them for pickup or delivery at 519-829-2444. That's Pizza Trocadero, the place of the good trade, right? Yep, and my favorite pizza there is Hawaiian style, probably. Aloha. Aloha. All right, we're back. We're back on Long Night. Thank you for joining us. Ah, this has been fun. How about another round of applause for Robin Hatch, everybody? All right. My next guest is a a very skilled musician, a very talented musician, an artist. I'm a big fan. He's a poet. I used to play in a band called Attack in Black. Used to work under the name Marine Dreams. He is going by his own name now, and I'm thrilled he could be here tonight. 
Please make some noise for Ian Daniel Kehoe, everybody. Hi, Ian. Hello. How are you? Good. How yeah, are you? It's nice to see. It's, it's, I'm, I'm pretty well. How is this going for you so far? Uh, this, this is good. This, you mean like our talking? Just life. It's going good. Life, this, by this I meant life mostly. But yeah, no, yeah, I, I appreciate you uh, uh, being a part of this sort of odd show. Um, have you ever done an interview like this where uh, the host of the show is uh, across the country uh, and the, uh, there's an audience watching and then the host is also uh, projected behind you and you're talking to a microphone to the host who is actually represented by a 13-inch MacBook. Have you ever done any of this? Uh-uh. No, it doesn't feel very odd, though I must say. Well, you and I have spoken many times. Indeed. Yes, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of you, uh, if I might say. Now, for those uh, uh, listening it's uh, mutual, and watching... It's mutual, sorry to interrupt. But it is no, mutual. No, it's, it's, it's fine. I've been meaning to try to get you uh, on this podcast that I do... Uh, for a long time, and this seems fortuitous to me uh, that you're here. Uh, for those who don't know, um, I know of you as a as a young man from Welland, Ontario. Is that correct? Uh huh. Yeah, you were in Welland uh, for a long time, and where are you living nowadays? Uh, here in Toronto. Here in Toronto. Uh-huh. How is that going for you? Do you do you enjoy living in Toronto? Yeah, I do like it. I like Toronto. Is it I, better I, than Is it better than Welland? Yeah, it's better than Welland. I stay in a lot, so I'm not maybe yeah. the best. Uh, I don't know what's going down so much. Now, why go, is that? Why Why are you staying in so much these days? Uh, well, I go away. I go on tour and play uh, out. Uh, so when I'm home, I'll stay in a lot. Yeah, I don't know, but I like it. Yeah. No, it's yeah. it's good to stay in. I like anyway, yeah, really. What's the, what's the weather like in Toronto as we're speaking right now? How would you describe it? What's the temperature? Uh, don't know the temp, but it's raining. So is that why you're, you know that's why you're wearing that? That's why you're wearing that big jacket because it's raining, I assume. No, I, uh, I just wear it because it makes me feel comfortable on stage yeah, no, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. in public. Okay, okay. Well, but it's a warm day in Toronto? Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. I bring it up because it's uh, minus 20 in Edmonton, where I'm talking to you from. Can you imagine that? Minus 20. I can imagine that, yeah. It's not that cold. Right. So when you say, I I like to stay in, uh, that's going to be my whole mindset here for the next few days, is we're going through a bit of a cold snap, Uh and it leads me to wonder, uh, because I miss you and I don't see you that much, would you ever consider uh, moving to Edmonton, where we could stay in, hunker down together? I miss you too, and yes, I would consider... Uh, moving to Edmonton for sure. I think I would. Oh, that's lovely. You've been here many times, I assume, in your travels. Yeah, I like it there very okay. much. Well, I would love to see you uh, here uh, uh, soon. But what are, what have you been up to in the last year? You mentioned you've been uh, uh, touring with other bands. What bands have you been playing with? Oh, I was playing with someone this year called Julia Jacqueline, who's an Australian uh, songwriter, uh, rock and roller. Uh, so that's what I did a lot of this year. I had a record come out and a book of poems. So I did some shows uh, of my own, sang, read poems. Um, hmm, I think that's about it for this year. 
Okay, okay. And what was your record called? Uh, my record's called Secret Republic. Secret Republic. That's... Uh-huh. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't even... I heard applause there, and I didn't even put this up. Are people... Are, are people applauding of their own free will? I can't really hear the applause, so I'm going to take that as a, as a yes. That's nice. What, what, uh, what, 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 why did you call your record, first of all, why did you call your record Secret Republic? It, it reminds me of an old uh, Griel Marcus book called Invisible Republic, but what does Secret Republic mean to you? Uh, Secret Republic I think of as, uh, I suppose, uh, the realm of creation, let's say, or, uh, yeah, the communal, or at least I believe it's communal realm of creation the imagination let's say the imagination okay uh-huh. and why do you suppose that's why is that a secret well cuz you can't see it you don't know what's there probably shouldn't talk about it or i feel i shouldn't too much have i crossed a boundary here by asking you to talk about it are we oh, in trouble oh no 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 uh no i can talk about it a little bit you know, the last time I, I talked to you, Ian, you seemed like you were from the present, and now you seem like you're from the future. Are you, are you possibly from the future? Is that what's going on? Well, I don't think so. I feel, I feel very much here. Um, yeah, I feel the reality of my own existence very clearly, uh, very certainly. This sounds like something that I would hear in the film Terminator 2, if I might say. <laughs> Have you seen that film? Uh, uh, I don't remember, actually. Yeah, um, no, it's fine. Not, not it's enough fine. to know, like, the talking. It's on, it's on Netflix. You can, I was watching it the other day again for the first time in a long time. I think I would like it. Yeah, I think you would, too, honestly. I, I think you would relate to it. Um, now, you mentioned poetry. Uh-huh. Uh, how long have you been exploring? I think of you as a songwriter, a very skilled multi-instrumentalist, a musician. Poetry has been... I've seen you recite poetry in the last few years, um, but I, I must say I haven't really had a chance to ask you why you decided to explore poetry as a means of expression. Can you expand upon that? Why? What got you into poetry? Well, I, I've been trying to write it for a very long time, I guess unsuccessfully and I would still say unsuccessfully um, I don't know what got me into it when you say uh, what, uh, what, what, what makes you feel like your poetry is unsuccessful uh, unsuccessful in any way I wonder what that what that's like today I had to rhyme a word with Jupiter not many options uh-huh <laughs> Well, but what, I don't know. Uh, that, so I felt like a failure as a poet today. But what makes you feel like uh, you, you can't quite nail it in the poetry realm? Hmm. I don't know. You know, it's uh. Well, I'll just address the audience and say, uh, if you ever want to embarrass yourself or l- completely lose your ego of, in in any way, if you have it, I would say try to write a poem because I have many times, and. Uh, I can. I still feel that fire. It's very painful. I feel now, so embarrassed you, uh, by my poems. Even so, though a a, a, po- a poem generally is a pretty solitary exercise. In fact, unless you go and do some readings, 
you very rarely know what it's like for your poem to engage with the outside world. Mm -hmm. It's quite different from that uh, the life of a musician because you you tend to publish things and they're very readily available and people are very used to listening to them and maybe coming to see you play. Uh, there's a smaller audience, I would think, for poets. Is that what do you think? Oh, much smaller. Right, but have much, you had much. that same? Have you had that same? Uh, let's call it shame heat. As a songwriter, have you felt like you're writing a song and you feel embarrassed because you can't quite nail it? You seem like you're a very prolific and confident songwriter. No, well, it has happened before, but I, I've been, I think I've been writing songs in a more serious regard, longer than I've been writing poetry. In, in the same with the same amount of seriousness. Hmm. So I guess it seems to me that you were chugging along, living your creative life, and then uh-huh. you decided to challenge yourself. Yeah, I, I, I think you could put it that way, sure. Do you have a, a sense of why? Why at that point did you sort of stop the train in terms of where it was going and then you know, rethink the route? I don't know if that analogy makes any sense, but you know what I mean. You shifted gears, let's say that. Yeah, I did do that uh, somewhat, although I normally do sort of a bit of everything all at once, kind of just day to day, same as you do the dishes or make the bed or, uh, yeah, cook dinner. Yeah. Uh, but, oh God, I don't know. You just want to try to make something beautiful. Yeah, no, you know, it's fair. I, I don't know how else to say it. No, you've <laughs> you've said it you've said it well, I think. You've said it just fine. The only other thing I wanted to ask you about in terms of this shifting uh-huh. sort of conversation we're having is on some level your musical aesthetic has shifted over the last I mean, which is totally normal and natural, of course, but um I alluded to some of your previous work and previous monikers, uh, mm-hmm. Marine Dreams, you were in the band Attack in Black. It's fair to say that Ian Daniel Kehoe is quite a different... You know, you're expressing yourself in a different way, tonally. Is that fair to say? Than some of those things? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it is fair to say that. But musically, can you kind of identify some distinctions between Ian Daniel Kehoe and maybe, let's say, Marine Dreams, which was your previous uh, solo project? Yeah, I don't know. You just always hope it's better, I guess. Yeah. Let's hope it's what about so, what about what about sonically? What about the tools you're using? Uh, yeah, a few different tools, I guess. A few more keyboards. Yeah, just making a little less noise in the house. Yeah, little, it seems uh, like it's a little less noise in the house. Yeah, you can you can do keyboards direct. Right. Not have to turn up a guitar amp or hit the drums. So yeah, it's fair to just... say, uh, we, we tend to assume that synthesized sounds are a little more, um, if not contemporary, one might say futuristic. For sure, yeah. I mean, I guess I was going to finish a thought and say my tonal shift was more politeness than uh, musical. Any sort of That's musical very... intuition, I guess. This is very Canadian. But although, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, it has changed. You're right about that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't know, your own life looks back at you in a, like a funny mirror sometimes. That's what I think. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's fair. And you react. Do you miss the uh, volume? Do you miss the loudness, the harshness of uh, the rock band? No, I still do that too from time to time. So I get my feel of that. Okay. Okay. Which All I right. love very much still. Nice. Okay. Well, uh, uh, Ian, uh, what, what's coming up next for you? Uh, you? You're at Long Winter as we're speaking, so you're going to play a yeah. set tonight. Yes, I'm going to play a set tonight. And uh, oh, uh, participate in our upcoming discussion here on this stage. Yes. Uh, yes, that's, and that's coming up. Yeah. That's about it. Any plans for uh, new music or new poetry or anything like that? Oh, uh, yeah, something this year, I'm sure, like that will happen. Okay, uh, okay. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, but it's always sort of happening, I guess. And if people <laughs> want to learn more about you, where, where would they go? You'vechangedrecords.com, oh, uh, yeah. probably, right? Yeah, you go to you'vechangedrecords.com. You'll find it all there. Anything else? No. <laughs> You're not, you don't use all the stuff? Like the platforms? Sorry? You use like social media and stuff? Oh, I thought you meant if, that I, uh, if I had anything more to add, as in thoughts. Uh, no, I have an Instagram and stuff. Okay, okay, so um, people can find it. Yeah, I think it's also, you can find it uh, on You've Changed. I think you can. Okay. Do, do you have something more you want to add before we go? No, I feel like I've said too much. Far, far, far too much. What, what, what are you worried about, the authorities or something? No, my, just myself. <laughs> no, no, I, I think you're going to... I, I want to say this right away. You look fantastic. I mean, I'm looking at you through the screen here on the computer, and I, I, I don't know if it's translating to the audience, but I would say that you look amazing. So do you, Vish. Oh, thanks. No, I think we both look a bit different than the last time we saw each other and looked at each other. I think so, too. Well, you look great. I wish you all the best. I, I thank you for engaging in this slightly strange exercise. Oh, thank you for uh, having me. But I appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then Boozy Fade will be on the show. But please, make some noise for Ian Daniel Kehoe, everybody. <laughs> this episode of Creative Control is sponsored by two amazing places. Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, freshly roasted, fair trade, certified organic coffee. You can learn more about Planet Bean at planetbeancoffee.com. Do you like coffee? Yeah, I like coffee. Uh, coffee is really good. I'm a kid and I don't personally drink it, but once I taste it, I love it. Oh, and cappuccino ice cream. I love cappuccino ice cream. Mm. What about you? Do you like coffee? No. Why not? I don't, because I 
don't like the smell of it. Okay, that seems fair. But what about this? Let me lay this on you. Granddad's Donuts, located at 574 James Street North in Hamilton, Ontario. The best donuts anywhere. You can learn more about them at granddads.ca. Hey, do you like donuts? Yes. What's your favorite donut? Uh, chocolate with sprinkles on top. That sounds pretty good. What about you? Do you like donuts? Uh, I like coffee and donuts. My favorite donut is probably Boston Cream. Amazing. Amazing. You can get one of those at Granddad's Donuts. Thank you very much to Granddad's Donuts and Planet Bean Coffee. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back to Long Night, everybody. Uh, How about another round of applause for uh, Ian Daniel Kehoe? I got to say, it's very hard being the applause lady and the host of the show at the same time. It's, it's very difficult. I have a lot to think about. Uh, our next guests uh, are part of a thing called Boozy Fade, and we're going to get them to explain it all. Please say hello to Jordan Suwanmi and James Rathbone of Boozy Fade. Jordan, how are you? I'm doing excellent. How are you? I'm well. I apologize for the error uh, at the top of the show, uh, but it's nice to have you here. Do, uh, for what it's worth, pe- people get my name wrong a lot. Yeah, what do they say? They say uh, Vash. Hmm. Uh, my dentist calls me Vissel. <laughs> Why? And the, I don't. Well, my full name is Vishal or Vishal, but my old dentist used to be like, "What's the problem now, Vissel?" <laughs> I think I think he didn't like me, and so he just. Stabbed me a little bit there, and I didn't like it. Anyway, it's nice to have you on the show, Jordan. And James, welcome. Thank you. Everything's okay with you? Yep. yep. Good. Now let's, first of all, as I've been doing uh, with other people, I'm trying to just get a sense of where you're from and uh, where you're living. Um, so, Jordan, where are you from uh, originally, so to speak? I am from Toronto, Ontario. I grew up in Parkdale. Oh, nice. So we're in my old stomping grounds right now. Nice, nice. Parkdale has changed a lot, I assume, since you were coming up. I mean, it it has, and it also feels like it hasn't to me. Like, it's a lot of the... I guess there are, like, some more trendier restaurants, but all of the stuff that I grew up with, for the most part, it still feels the same. Okay, okay. I mean, it is being... uh, uh, What's the word? Uh, Gentrified? Yeah, I guess that. Yeah, That's okay. Fair. There's new there's new stuff being built and all that stuff. For sure, definitely. Okay. Okay. And you you had a good time growing up in Parkdale? I did. I loved it. It was uh it was a lot of fun. It seems like there's a lot to do in Toronto. I live in Edmonton now. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've heard. It's uh, I don't know if there's as much to do yet. I'm still trying to figure it out, but uh would you would you consider moving to Edmonton and and hunkering down with me? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> Just to be completely honest and blunt with you. I have to figure out a way to frame that question so it's not so creepy. Yeah, you should work on that. <laughs> I think it, it might be lost in the internet translation a little bit. Anyway, it's nice to have you uh, on the show. Thank you, Jordan. Nice and James, J- James, similar question. Where are you from originally? Uh, I grew up in Hamilton, Ontario. So, yeah. Yeah, right? The Hammer. Um, and then, yeah, moved to Toronto, I don't know, 15 years ago. Okay, and uh, Hamilton I love very much. Have you been to Granddad's Donuts? I haven't. I, I think that was after my time. Oh, it's wonderful. I recommend you do. Have you, do you not go back to Hamilton from time to time? Uh, it's brief when I do. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, it's, I, I like it. And that city, uh, speaking of gentrification and, and the sort of pros and cons of such things, I mean, 
I guess you're kind of out of touch with it, but that city has a, had a, an interesting arts uprising, I would say, in the last few years. It's, it's hard to imagine as someone who grew up there, the notion of wanting to move to Hamilton. <laughs> you know, when, uh, I mean, there were some people who were happy to stay there, and there were most people who were trying to get out, and then now people are trying to move there. It's, uh, it's a little hard to wrap your head around. Uh, have you thought about moving back? You're talking about people from Toronto thinking of Hamilton as an option uh, for more affordable housing, basically. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the culture will sort of match the uh, impetus to move there. Because I, I've met a, a number of people who have moved there and they've moved back. They're like, gouge me for rent. I don't care. I just can't handle this. So Right. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think we're going to get a letter from the city of Hamilton now. That's okay. They're all crooks. At the city. <laughs> at the city. Whoa. Not that residents. was James. I said that. I just want to make that clear. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. No. Well, I don't want to start a fight between you two. Uh, <laughs> so that's fine. You've been living in Toronto 15 years, and that's, that's cool. So I guess the, the initial question, because uh, I, I think you guys are friends, I'm wondering how you met. Uh, Jordan, how did you meet James? I met James in uh, the comments of a friend of ours year-end wrap-up best rap songs list in 2012. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a pretty cool way to... What is that? What, what, can you contextualize that? What was going on in the comments? Yeah, um, our friend Marco used to have this blog where he would list this, like, 50 best rap songs, like, exhaustive list, and... He, he was talking about this Meek Mill album. It was his debut studio album. And I was a huge Meek Mill fan, still am. And James wrote a very thoughtful, lengthy comment <laughs> about Meek Mill's first album. And I was just astonished that there was someone that lived in the same city as me that cared about Meek Mill that much. And I was like, I got to meet this guy someday. Wow. And so what, uh, then what do you do? How do you meet? I don't remember. What was the, what was the, what was the first move? Whoa, the first move. I don't, I don't really remember what the first move was. I feel like it was like we were at a, a, a party. Yes, that was, being at the same party. It was the same party. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, that's that guy from that comment. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say something to him. <laughs> how, how, how did you identify him from the comment? That's fascinating. You know, when I read that comment, I was like, I got to check this guy out. Looked at his profile. Looked at a few profile <laughs> pictures. Looked at his like section. Saw some movies that he liked, so I had some starting off talking points. <laughs> Just did my research, you know, like anybody in the year 2012. Okay, wow. Uh, James, is this a revelation to you? How are you feeling about it, all of these, that, this information right now? It squares pretty well. I think it was mutual, you know. I was, I was pretty uh, excited to uh, make this friendship uh, a thing, you know, and it has been ever since, so... Okay. Okay. Yeah. So your initial <laughs> connection was hip hop music. Uh, how did the relationship expand? I mean, obviously, uh, Jordan did a lot of homework and figured out uh, all of your likes uh, culturally and whatnot. Uh, James, uh, how did you two become uh, more than just uh, music fans together? Uh, James, how did you start to work together? Um, so. I think the, the, there was like one night that was a, a particular <clears throat> impetus for it where <laughs> we went to this like really terrible nightclub to see uh, Just Blaze. You'd have to name him. You know what? We're, we're far enough out that I think we can name him. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. 
So to see uh, Just Blaze, who uh, was a, a, a producer for Jay-Z and uh, Cameron and, and other artists in the early 2000s, um, DJ at like a like a, a obscure club that I think existed only for that night. <laughs> maybe um, it was on like uh, like sort of just off King East. It wasn't even okay. King West. Uh, it was I, um, another notable thing about that night was that Justin Bieber was in the club. Um, and sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. Anyway. Notable for notable for what reason? Uh, so, well, because and I, I don't know. <laughs> Justin Bieber. He's I don't famous. Know, in the same club. Exactly. Anyway, the, the point is that uh, he was the worst DJ we'd ever seen. He was like, he'd play like a hint of a song we wanted to hear, and then he'd go into his own personal EDM remix of it. And so we were like, this is the, exactly not what we want. We want to hear the music in the way that we want to hear it, not in this sort of catfishing way. Uh, we want to like actually play it in a way that people who appreciate this music will like. And it's sort of the more contemporary hip-hop at the time, which wasn't as, as abundant as it is sort of now in the okay. mainstream. Okay, Jordan, that checks out? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Um, it, was, it, was very, it was a very frustrating experience because Just Blaze has produced like a bunch of legendary hip-hop songs, and he would sometimes play some of them, which is what we wanted, but then it would just turn into an EDM remix, and, which is what we didn't want. So he'd play like a track he produced off the Black Album or something, and then it would be all messed up? Yeah, exactly. Mm, and it's yeah. like, who is this for? No one there seemed into it. Yeah, it was mm. terrible. So, okay, so you're at this thing. How is that the springboard for what you two end up doing together? Uh, Jordan, can you speak to that? Yeah, well, I think it's just like even at the time, like 2013-ish, I would 2014. imagine. 2014. Uh, there were a lot of DJs who were doing that kind of thing, and... I don't know. I think that experience has made, made me think, and James, we talked about this like all the way home, was like a lot of other DJs who, I don't know, they, they, there, were, there weren't a lot of places that were just playing straight up like contemporary new hip hop in Toronto, at least that we knew of. It was, there was a lot of like 90s nights, a lot of like throwback things in it. And uh, I think for us, we, were just, we just started talking about like wanting to find or create a place where we could hear all of the amazing new hip hop that was coming out at the time like in a club environment that could, I don't know, somehow replicate or approximate what the environment would be like if you were in an American city where this is like the dominant music. Okay. So, James, you alluded to the fact that hip-hop in Toronto at the time wasn't as prominent or maybe even understood. Uh, I assume you're trying to suggest that 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 has changed? Um, and that makes me think you're talking about Drake and other stuff. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, I was really alluding to even just the, the realities of going to clubs in the city and, and the kind of music you hear. And even uh, if you look at sort of like the broad, like beyond Toronto, the, the Billboard uh, Top 100 has a lot more hip-hop than ever in it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Drake is a part of that for sure. Um, but not... Okay, but- but you're kind of talking, I think, about the material conditions of Toronto as a club, a place That's, for clubs. Yes, yes. At that point, I mean, by most accounts, you're kind of in some trouble for venues again um, at the current in the current uh, timeline. How are you feeling about Toronto as a, a club city right now? 
Honestly, uh, I'm in a, bit of, in a bit of a bubble, but I do actually really like it because I think Toronto has kind of a, a, a sweet spot. I, I lived in New York for a little bit, and I've traveled uh, and sort of seen some different nightlife scenes. And at least for the kind of music that I like, um, hip-hop, dance hall, Afrobeat, stuff like that, um, Toronto has really, really good DJs for it. And the clubs don't have, like, dress codes. They're not, like, super segregated. Um, so even though there's, like, a shortage of venues, you know, the rent's expensive for everybody, so on and so forth, like, the where the DJing is at it, right now is so good that it kind of makes up for it to me. Okay. So, Jordan, I want to ask you about this this uh, moniker, I suppose, and this enterprise, Boosie Fade. Um what exactly are you doing? Uh, what are you two doing uh, in Toronto? So we have a, a monthly party that we DJ at um, the shop, which is in Queen West. And we have a, a series of online communities that are kind of discussion-based forums, essentially. They're all on Facebook. Uh, we have one, about, like the main one, it's about hip-hop and R&B. And then we have one about film and television. We have one about food. We have one about fashion. And it's basically... Through our parties and these online communities, we've kind of developed a whole like constellation of people that kind of come to our events and have made friends with each other and have just become kind of uh, almost like a, like a, I don't know, how would you describe it? Community. A community. That's the word, yeah. which I've used six times now, but it is a community. <laughs> and it's just like people who have shared interests and um, it's been really amazing seeing it develop. It's developed even, I feel like, outside of what we expected. We're seeing... We see people, I, like, there was this thing where people would uh, be a part of, like, the, let's say the hip-hop community for a really long time, and they'd see us, like, advertising our party, and they're like, okay, I really want to come to this party, but I know literally no one. Is that going to be okay? And we were like, yeah, like, we'll, like, we will introduce you to people. And, like, I think of this one person who, who we had this situation with where I was like, yeah, we'll introduce you to people. And now I feel like she has more friends in the community than I do. So you're, you are filling a void. You felt that this was necessary uh, to do. I don't know that we... It, it happened kind of more organically than that, I think. I mean, the, the space to hear uh, the contemporary hip-hop, yes, that was the intention, and it's still the intention. Uh, but the rest of it, it all just kind of happened. Um, and, and in terms of people who liked Boozy Fade, be like, well, why don't you try doing this? Or people approaching us who liked the party who asked us to do a film screening series or uh, talk on a panel, say, or on, appear on a show on a sort of virtual setup like this. <laughs> it just happens. Is this, is this weird? Are you enjoying no, this? Is it's, it's nice. If, you know, it feels like the future in a sort of lo-fi way. I think, uh, I think Ian is from the future. It, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can see that. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I'm from the future, though, too, because I'm using... This is amazing. I haven't left my house. I'm doing the whole show, and it's great. It's fun. It's fun for me. It's convenient. I'm not even wearing anything underneath this shirt. That's amazing. Yeah, I was speculating on that. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that, I think. Anyway, it's, it's, it sounds great. Uh, is there a way for someone like me to enjoy and immerse myself in, in Boosie Fade from Edmonton? Yes, as long as you have a Facebook account. Um, our groups are on Facebook. If you search Boosie Fade the group, you can join it. And it's just like uh, people are just posting songs, they're posting memes, posting articles, record reviews, you know, their own reviews of shows. It's just uh, a place to... 
We like we like to. The idea was always to make a, a space for people to talk about like hip hop, R and B music that they liked. We felt like there was yeah. a lot of places on the internet to talk about stuff that you don't like, and we're like, just bring what you're interested in here. If you see something posted that you're not interested in, just don't engage with it. You don't even have to think yeah. about it. Just talk about what you like. Cool. No, it's good. And this, uh, I'm not totally familiar with it. Is this Facebook company good? From my experience, I think it's smarter not for me to answer this question. James, what do you think? They're the best. Yeah. Okay. We yeah, love Facebook. Okay, maybe I'll look into getting some stock. Good luck with that. <laughs> okay, thanks. Uh, where can people like me, uh, who are on the internet mostly, uh, go to learn more about Boosie Fade? So we're on Instagram at Boosie Fade T.O. You can check us out there. Um, there's also the Facebook group. Search Boosie Fade. Uh, you can come see our come to our party. Yeah, it's uh, we're doing it this month on Friday, January 24th it's at the shop. We have a podcast. It's called Catch Up. We were named yeah. uh, best one of the, Toronto's best podcasts by Now Magazine last year. So. Congratulations. That's, oh, hang on. Hang, just a second. Thank you. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a good podcast to listen to, whether you're super into hip-hop or even just a little bit into hip-hop, because we kind of talk about it so it appeals to everyone, and we kind of explain you know, yeah, the, context the context of where these artists are coming from and what their styles and sounds are about. So, Well, I have to say, uh, from what I've seen and heard thus far, I really want to thank you for your work. Uh, I know the kind of work you're doing can be kind of thankless sometimes, so I just want to make a point of saying thank you for what you're doing for that city, and uh, I wish you the best of luck with everything. Wow, much appreciated. Yeah, very nice of you to say. Yeah. All right. You guys are going to stick around for the panel, right? I wasn't going to stay for that, actually. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll fill in for the both of us. Can I you can please pretend to do just, his voice. Okay, yeah, I'll say it, I'll say it. Okay, okay, so you'll stick around. We're going to have a panel. We're going to have everybody who's been on the show up on stage. Uh, audience members, if you can think of topics for us to discuss in the panel, that would be great. And uh, more to come on Long Night. But please make some noise for Jordan and James of Boosie Fade. Wondery Plus presents its newest podcast, Deadly Misadventures. Hosted by Justin from Generation Y and Tyler from the Minds of Madness. We'll bring you some of the most terrifying real-life stories of those who came face-to-face with death. Some who lived to tell the tale. While others succumbed to their deadly misadventures. I'm gonna do Doing bad things to you. You know the odds. The stakes are high. Care to take your chance with Lady Luck? To hear all Deadly Misadventure episodes exclusively ad-free, just visit wondery.fm slash deadly to start listening now. Doing bad things to you. All right, we're back on Long Night, and we don't have that much time. I'd like to thank everybody for being on this show uh, tonight. And uh, at this point, uh, we're going to have a panel discussion, and uh, we're opening it up to the floor. Uh, Does anyone in the audience have a topic suggestion for the panel to discuss? Please, shout it out. Don't be shy. Stage musicals. Stage musicals? Musicals. Stage musicals. 
except that's yeah. you, I'm guessing. I guess stage stage musicals is that what it is? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Uh, that's a good one. Um, well, you know, everyone's talking about Cats, the movie. Have you guys? Has anyone seen Cats on the panel? I have. Have you guys? Of course, you have. No. No, I want to. I'm sure you will, Ian. I'm sure you'll get to see it. Um, Robin, what did, what can you tell us about Cats and its relation to the stage musical of the same name? <laughs> I've only seen the movie. Um, it was my first experience of Cats. Vish, have you seen the Cats movie? No, but I've been reading a lot about it, and I'm still confused. Is there a scene where Dame Judi Dench cleans her cat self? Yeah. <laughs> I think after watching it... Okay, Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote a lot of the music for Cats when he was 15. Like It was his first project... He got T.S. Eliot's poetry and wrote weird songs about these cat poems. I, I don't think it's a horny movie. I, people say it's a horny movie, right? I'm not, you guys have read that. That's what people are saying. But I thought the synthesizer music was really good. Um, I think everyone in the theater was there to laugh, and it was very funny. It's, there's no kind of... <laughs> Every song kind of ends, and then the next character kind of says, and I'm this cat, and this is my cat story, and it's really silly, and I don't know. Okay, okay, thanks, Robin. Thanks for that review of the film. That's good. Uh, Ian, uh, do you have any thoughts on stage musicals? I know we talked about uh, your musical trajectory kind of shifting from rock music to synthesized music, and now you've got poetry. What about a theatrical thing? Um, Have you thought about that? No, I, I've never even seen one before. Um, I've never been to see a play really before. I've seen the ballet, that's not the same thing, right? No. Oh. Uh, well, I'm more interested in uh, a ballet. I guess if I were to do anything, uh, yeah, that would be my next stage you're, maneuver. So, okay, sorry. So, Ian, you're saying as a, a man close to your 40s, you want to just up and take up ballet? I think I want to like compose a ballet. No, oh. I, can't, I don't think uh, I can dance. I can't dance. You want to write a libretto? Yeah, do the music and imagine the dancing. Would be something I would be interested in. Now that seems like it might be an interesting event for Boosie Fade to have Ian Daniel Kehoe, uh, his ballet debut at maybe one of your parties. What do you think? Sure. Vish, uh, I, I think I'm going to write my cats with your book of poems. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, it's <laughs> okay, well, we're Purdue. making magic happen. Thank you. That's great. That's, that's, that's good. That's great. we got some synergy there. 2020. Good, good. Well, we might have time for one more quick topic. Does anyone have a topic? Don't be shy. Anything. Experimental music. Now you, okay, Boosie Fade, you talked about uh, party starting, hip-hop. You're in the realm of more popular music. Do you play things that would be construed as experimental? Do you try to blow people's minds with, like, weird shit? No. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you play some obscure hip-hop songs. Yeah, I I mean, I will say that, like, uh, as far as, like, the limits of 
It depends on, like, if you, I feel like when I think of experimental music, I think of, like, really academic, you know, I don't know, modern composer, Mac Rick, Max Richter kind of stuff. And I think, like, in some ways, like, the, the far reaches of, of hip-hop, uh, even though it's a genre and there are conventions, there is constant experimentation. And definitely some of it, if you played it without the context for someone, you would be like, this is pretty avant-garde. So that, in that sense, yes, but there's a context for it. You know who's an experimental hip-hop artist is that Just Blaze. Have you ever seen him? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, he's experimenting. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, Robin, do you want to speak to this, or, or Ian, do you want to speak to experimental music as a topic? Uh, do you have an interest in it at all, Robin? I, yeah, and actually, I just saw Uncut Gems for another movie that, and I think that I, I messaged some of my New York friends who I know are into synthesizer music that. I guess you can call that experimental synth music, one o tricks point never, yeah. Uh, and I think, I don't know, I think especially for scoring movies, there's a community for it now. So, I don't know, I like, I like experimental music. <laughs> it, does, it does seem to me that many musicians are looking for different platforms and outlets to make music in beyond just making a record and touring and uh, yeah, film scoring, that's a big thing. Have you ever, uh, Ian or, or, uh, or Robin, have you done much film scoring at all? Uh, Robin? No, nothing. Nothing at all, okay. Okay, well, uh, this was great. <laughs> Another successful uh, topic uh, grab from the audience. Thank you, uh, all of you. How about a big, big warm round of applause for our panel tonight? <laughs> Jordan, James, Robin, Ian, thank you so much. Thank you very much, and I'd like to thank the Long Winter crew and the Gladstone and Patrick McKenna and Dave McKinnon and everybody else who helped facilitate this weird episode. Did everyone think this was okay? Could we try something like this again? They're they're applauding. Okay. Well, we're going to wrap up the show, and uh, I'd like to thank you once again, and stay tuned for Joseph Shabison on this stage, and go enjoy Long long Winter, and uh, we'll see you We'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. Good night. Mr. Court. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.